0: on. The Matthews jersey has not been hung up. Everything is as it should be. Alex, we're back. Yeah. How are you? Better. Better? Happy. You're happy? Yeah. I know what you're happy about and I have a feeling it's Austin Matthews' mustache.
1: No, no, it's not that at all.
0: Well, today we have a, a very special guest with us. Uh, this guy was supposed to be on this podcast to start, but he had to go into the master's program in journalism and he just abandoned us. It's Daniel. Daniel, you're here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We're happy for you to be here. You're also a Leafs fan, unfortunately. Yes, I am.
1: Thank God.
0: Have you been paying much attention to, uh, to Mitch Marner?
2: Oh, of course, of course.
0: So, I guess let's just talk about Mitch straight away. Because it's obviously the biggest story in the NHL right now. And I think anyone listening is going to want us to talk about him. So, he signed. It actually happened. Uh, days yeah. after it sounded like everything was going south right
1: yeah yeah it was pretty much after and it, literally right after uh Darren Dreger reported that he rejected the 11 million offer for seven and eight and eight years which which people were not happy about and, e- and that included like I was not happy about that uh, uh also they they still are talking about the bonuses. Like it's been three years. How like how fast do you think he made that money?
0: Uh, he made it at the end of his first commercial. That he ever
1: like, probably. Are you like are you really upset about that? Like, is that what you're gonna fight about the one point six million in bonuses?
0: I think his dad's still upset about it.
1: No, no, it's <laughs> not his dad. It's his agent.
0: Uh, anyway, though, um, Daniel, how close attention do you pay to everything that was going on, especially with Darian Dragger and the whole Thanks Paul thing?
2: Uh definitely pretty close. Uh, I kind of found that. You know, more rejections coming in. Deal was was bound to happen.
0: Yeah? Yes. Did you think it was going to be this quick, or do you think it was going to spill into the season?
2: I think Marner learned from the Nylander situation. You can't skip training camp.
0: It definitely sounded like... Uh, Friedman brought this up, uh, that he got the impression that Mitch stepped in himself and said, all right, I'm not missing any games.
1: Well, it took him long enough to step in because it, it he made it quite clear... Uh, towards the end of the season, like literally after the season ended, that he really was not taking, like he was not going to be involved. Like He's like, you know what, Uh, my agent's going to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it.
0: He was talking and putting more stuff on social media, hanging out with Max Domi than he was acknowledging what was going on. Nine. Which I thought was great. Um, but anyway, the exact of the details, <coughs> a six-year deal worth eight, sorry, $10.893 million per a no-move clause the final two years of that deal. And, of course, it is all signing bonuses. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to yes. ask you first, Daniel. Um, your thoughts on the deal, the term, the dollar amount. Do you like this deal?
2: I remember, I think, something from The Athletic. They said recently about how top heavy the Leafs are now and you know no other team has these types of contracts anymore or right now like Tampa I guess they're going to go over after Braden Point
0: but if they can get that done if that could get done uh, soon. just a quick thing to give you some support there I think it was that of the seven highest players in the league Toronto has three of them yes. so
2: and yes. I guess I don't know you know when the windows open the windows open you got to do what you got to do
0: you know what I'm thinking of as you're saying this to me, Daniel? Is everyone has this thing about the Bruins and it's that top line and how top-heavy they are. And it's it's almost like now Toronto is like that. Now, of course, they have the Andreas Janssens, the Xverius Kapanins, so They're those great, deaf players. So it's they're going to be an interesting team to watch this year. But um, back to Marner. Alex, what are your thoughts? Because I... I'm amazed I haven't heard more of this from you because we've been trying to keep everything for this. Well, you told me so.
1: not to text you because you wanted to talk about it on Sunday, so I said fine. Uh, listen, I, a lot of people are complaining that he's being overpaid, which is which is true. I'm I'm not arguing that at the moment. This season, sure, he's overpaid, but <clears throat> I think both of you can agree with me that no matter like what ter- what the term was he was going to be overpaid by by everyone's standards that this was an overpaid contract no yes. matter what right
2: you, you think it's overpaid just for now what about when the cap goes up
1: I think when the cap goes up and he's also how old is Mitch Marner
0: he's 22 we he's 22
1: so he hasn't even technically he hasn't really hit his prime
0: which is amazing it's just right so
1: maybe I Listen, I can't predict the future, and I'm not gonna say sure he's gonna be a ten point eight ten point eight nine three million dollar player. Uh, but I think he, I think, based on what I've seen, he could be.
0: Uh, a good example of. Of, to support your point here, is uh, the Leon Draisaitl contract. At first, people were like, excuse me, he's getting how much money? But nowadays, we look at it after the seasons he's had, and especially 50 goals last year. Uh, everyone all of a sudden says, this is a great deal for the Oilers, and they, they need more of those, don't they? So, yeah. Where did you guys, I think I asked you this, Alex, but Daniel, did you see the video of Kyle Dubas and Mitch Marner addressing the media? I did. Yeah? What are, yeah. Your, what are your thoughts? A bit awkward. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Marner was like a kid in trouble. He was just looking at his feet the entire time because I'm sure he, he thought he was going to get flayed by that media. I think,
2: you, I don't know. You know how the summer, it dragged on.
0: It could but have been worse.
2: It could have been worse. But, but
0: it's it felt like towards the end, he, his PR was just taking a hit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was. I think we. Did we talk about it last week? No, we didn't. It wasn't out by. No, time, no, so no. We, we talked about it, it during the week, the behind two of the us. the curtain.
0: Before. So he signed Friday night, was it? I think on Thursday when I'm getting the show together, I was trying to figure out, oh, God, what are we going to talk about? We're going to yell about Mitch and we're going to talk with Orensky for an hour.
1: Well, because. Yeah. And yeah. then
0: it's just. uh, And then everything just blew up, right? So.
1: Listen, I think there's there's a lot of things to talk about this deal started it literally starts with just the cap hit mm-hmm. being 10.893 the term are you, between the two of you are you too okay with the term
2: i think i'm good with it
1: yeah because it's six years it ends the same year as uh john tavares mm-hmm. i think i'm okay with the term
0: they won the monitor camp wanted five so of course, they, him, they right. also
1: wanted 11.634. Well, well,
0: what I'm saying is um, it's, it's good for the Leafs. They got that sixth yeah. year. At the same time, Marner got his money. So I think both sides would be happy with it. Now, at the same time, I'm sure Darren Ferris and that wanted more money. At the same time, I think Kyle Dubas would definitely want the cap it to be a bit smaller. Yes. But, um, what I think, again, I love talking about like Freeman, but he said on 31 Thoughts this week, if uh, at the end of the day, if both parties are kind of going, mm, I think I lost a bit here that's a good negotiation. So, again, when the cap goes up with Seattle coming in, with the new TV rights deal, see how the whole gambling prop comes into play. I agree with you guys, yeah, this is going to be a really nice deal, but I also think they could have done better on the deal, the Leafs. At the end of the day, my thing on this is I think Marner won, it wasn't as crazy mm. as it could have been, but I think I think the I Marner Camp won this.
1: I think they both bo- Listen, I think both sides won it's parts. No t- Mitch Martin, okay, remember uh before July 1st when it was a at, at peak of what he was going to get apparently. It, he was going to be offered 13, 14 million dollar offer sheets. That's that's when you like what happened to that.
2: Yeah, looking back, where are all those offer sheets?
1: Where are <laughs> they?
0: Well wasn't there I don't think anyone ever confirmed this, but there was a rumor that the islanders were going to. And Columbus. And Columbus. Well apparently Mitch himself said I want to steal with in Toronto.
1: Right. At the end of the day, we I think we can all we all know that he wanted to be a Toronto Maple Leaf.
0: For sure. Hundred percent
1: So listen it, this is for like I've read a lot of people saying this is like the Nylander negotiation. I don't think this is like the Nylander negotiation at all. I think this is a very different. This was a very different type of negotiation. We're well, talking about a legitimate superstar. I'm not saying William Nylander not a superstar, but M- Mitch Marner or William Nylander, who are you choosing? You're choosing Mitch Marner.
0: And and of course, one went to disse- One went to. <clears throat> What was it, like, 10 minutes before the deadline? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now, Daniel, let me ask you this, because I remember you wrote something about William Nylander last year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. What was that piece about again? I guess
2: it was just kind of... It's kind of funny. I just kind of predicted on how his production was going to go, and, you know, sadly, I was correct about that. And that's the thing I've been, like, talking about, that the training camp, the games, the chemistry, it's so important. And I know we've been talking about that cap hit, but I think you had to relent there. Yeah. You You had to... look at what the roster is right now and i think alex mentioned about the contracts like we talked about boston being top heavy mm-hmm. but they also have the defense what about the leafs like i i love the moves that were done but like tyson berry jake muzzin the free agents after this year i think this is a going all-in year
0: that is a very fair point um Oh, and Cody CC. Yeah, he's, I don't, Can't forget
1: Cody CC.
0: My Babcock doesn't want you to forget about Cody CC, and, and, and Ben Harper. And ben, he's okay,
1: not. let's not forget Ben Harper.
0: Um, then let me ask you this, Daniel, because um, I want to get your thing on this. How important is it that Marner got this done before training camp? Or, like, right during it, sorry.
2: No, I it, it had to be done. I really think it had to be done. Like, I, again, I know we're comparing the Nylander situation, but... Like look how long it took him to take his get his first goal. Yeah, like I know it's not gonna be like that, maybe like Marner, you know. He is he is the better player, but you know for a guy that's gonna play top heavy minutes for you, it's gonna be your go to guy, you need him to be in like you need him to be fit. You need him to like really, you know, just be dialed in.
0: Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, he kills penalties, he's on the power play, playing with your Arguably, death. Arguably, emphasis on this best player, John Tavares. Uh, Wait, Alex, what? you're small. Well, you could argue Wait, the John that Tavares
1: again? is the what?
0: Arguably, the best player on the Leafs.
1: Okay, you can make an argument. That's what I mean. Yeah, That's why I, don't I don't emphasize. Have, I, argument. Don't, I don't agree with that. Hey,
0: listen, Austin Matthews is one healthy season away from making me look like they need to say that, but. Um, anything else to say about the Marner situation? Alex, I, I look at you when I ask this because I think you know um, have more to say.
1: Not you. Know, there's a couple things. Uh, do you know who broke the contract term? So,
0: this is funny. So, of course, it was Darren Draker. But, but no. Did you no, see who it was broke?
1: Elliot Friedman. Yeah. Elliot Friedman broke the term. Uh, Nick Caprios broke the AAV.
0: Oh, really? I yeah. didn't see. I thought. The only thing my my timeline had it is Dreger had everything except the number, the exact capsule. So,
1: what I saw was Dreger said he thinks it's six years, but he hasn't confirmed it. A minute later, Friedman comes out and says six years confirmed. (laughs) And then uh, a couple minutes later, like five, whenever the AAV broke, Nick Caprios broke the AAV. I love that. Yeah, so like it wasn't that. even Darren Dreger.
0: Now, if anyone at TSN Sportsnet are somehow listening to this, we love both your companies, but at the same time, I don't know about you, Daniel, but me and Alex have a certain thing towards Sportsnet, so...
2: And accuracy is always important. Exactly, exactly.
1: Um, the last thing before we move on, because I know Adam wants to move on.
0: No, uh, no, no. This is the big story.
1: Uh, okay, I saw a lot of hate. Not hate, but criticism towards Kyle Dubis. Uh, there's a lot of people saying, "Yeah, he's not a good GM, or he's not a good negotiator," which, which can be argued. He
0: did admit himself, the, like the how he messed up with the Nylander situation, right. but
1: yeah. Uh, I think he's a good G overall GM, right? Overall, as a GM with the. With the, his responsibilities, I think he's a good GM. His negotiating skills maybe are not there yet. But how old is he? Kyle Dubis is how old?
0: 30. I believe he is what, between 32? He 33, is 33 years old. Thirty.
1: So I think he has some time to improve those negotiating skills. The,
0: the big thing is their core is locked up. Their best defenseman is. Right. They just locked up you know, um, Andreas Janssen, yes. his very captain, of course. All the big three. Let's quote him. He can. What he what did, did, and he uh, yeah. did. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. On thirty one thoughts, the podcast. We can, and we will, and he did it. So yeah. uh, you know, there's credit for him there. Uh, Daniel, last thoughts on the Murray situation.
2: I think it's great. You know, just enjoy it. I'm not going to compare it to the Raptors. Course, okay. But you know, that window, the window is open, and it's not just for the one year.
0: At the end of the day, yeah. Um, say what you want about the defenseman, but you still have that forward group locked up. And even if Tavares starts slowing down a bit, you still have Nealander, you still have Austin Matthews, and you have Mitch Marner. Okay, for six qu- years. Quick,
1: quickly, quickly, yes, very quickly. Marner and Marner and Tavares are Leafs for the next six years. Matthews and Nealander are, are Leafs for at least the next five years. Can everyone please just be happy? for like one minute. I saw that tweet from you. I tweeted it out. (laughs) I'm like, please be happy because I knew as soon as the martyr contract came out, it was literally just a complete mess.
0: You don't, you remember how Toronto works. No one's ever had I
1: know, but I just want to be happy for like one minute.
0: Because now everyone's going to say, oh, they need to lock up some defensemen. How are they going to do?
1: And it's always a contract. I swear, this doesn't happen in any other city. No, it doesn't. It's like contract after contract. Just leave it alone. It, Let it be it for probably like 20 happens, minutes.
0: It probably happens in Montreal. It's just <coughs> in French and we never see it. Um, and Montreal's got to get ready to sign Max Domi. At, at the Habs golf tournament that just happened, they asked Mark Bergeron about it. And all he said was, we're talking. And I, I looked at the video and he just kind of looked down when he said that. So I'm a bit scared for that. And who's been working on his PR all summer? Max Domi. So that's going to be one to keep an eye out for. I guess now let's talk about some other RFAs. So I said earlier that I was kind of scared that we were going to have to talk about Zach Wierenski for an hour. No disrespect to him. But um, we had a slew of RFA defensemen sign, uh, including one who's up next year. So I guess let's talk about... Uh, see, I'm going to su- um, save uh, Morrissey for last because I want to bring that into yeah. uh, the rest of the Jets situation. First, Zach Wierenski. Uh, he signs a bridge deal. Uh, let me just get the exact numbers up quickly. Five
1: years at $15 million. Perfect. Such uh, a steal.
0: How many? Five years?
1: Uh, sorry, three, three years. years at five, five, three uh, $15 years million. At Sorry,
0: um, The definition of a bridge contract, really. Right. Um, and,
1: and I think it's interesting. Sorry. Um, no,
0: no. Go ahead. What's what's interesting? About what's it?
1: interesting is the way the salary is structured. First two years, uh, four million, and the last year is a base salary of seven million. So the qualifying offer, because he will be an RFA, and is eligible for our, ar- uh, and I believe he'll be eligible for arbitration. I'm not sure, but either way, his qualifying offer is seven. Will be seven million. So. That's a, then he'll be a UFA the year after, I think.
0: Perfect. Um, another big thing here with Orensky, um was he didn't miss any training camp. And apparently to him, <coughs> that was really big. Daniel, did you see those John Tortorella
2: quotes? On September 3rd, Tort said he'd be disgusted if Orensky missed training camp.
0: <laughs> well, we all love a good John Tortorella quote, right? So... Um, I love
2: Columbus. He loves Columbus. He like you know. He saw all the talent leave. You know. You got to keep what you can.
0: Yeah, he wasn't yeah. happy about that either. Uh, we we talked about we talked that about a bit. It last week. Um, I
1: said I was not fond of what he said.
0: But you know, it's Tortorello What he he tells you how he feels. Um, but yeah, a, a solid contract for the for both Columbus and Zakharansky I think.
1: It's a bridge deal. Like there's there's nothing really else to say.
0: Again, I think it was uh, I forget who brought it up, but they were saying that, you know, of course Ransky's offensive game is amazing, but his defensive one was a bit questionable. Yes, yes, I heard that so too. So if he can put those both together at the end of that contract, he's going to make a lot more than $7 million. Now, if I'm correct, he was the first notable RFA because of course we had Colin White, yeah. Pavel Zaka, but he was the first
1: one. Also, uh, Seth Jones and uh, Zach Wierenski end on the same year. But Wierenski uh, is an RFA.
0: That is going to suck. Yeah,
1: because, like,
2: how? Like, what are they going to build? Like, I know.
0: Alex Texier, I know, is a really good yeah. forward prospect. They have um, Gustav Nyquist. Uh,
2: if you can go back to his Detroit numbers Pierre-Luc Dubois, who knows? Yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Like, yeah, he's I good. I like, like the kid.
0: Everyone was questioning that pick, but what do you know? Yeah. Um, so, of course, after Orensky we then had Ivan Provorov to a deal I love. Um, signs with Philly Another for steal. a total... A fantastic deal. A uh, total of six years, 6.75 per. Um, oh, I, Yeah, I, that, I just, that's a steal. I can't talk about how much I love this contract and how much I love Ivan Provorov. Um, it's, it's just... Considering... Uh, another defenseman just signed for Jared Spurgeon which we'll talk about later um, making 7.5 was it Um, this is fantastic for Philly and I I think they can do something really good this year if A. Carter Hart takes another step forward become the
2: guy this year or what do you think
0: Uh, well you know I've said before I think if he played the entire year knowing now of course Ron Hextall, when he was a GM, didn't want to that's understandable, but I think if he does play that entire year, I think Philly might have made the playoffs, but of course they have Claude Giroux, they have Jake Goracek, who is consistently the most underrated <coughs> player in the league, so um, Couturier. Sean Couturier yeah, um, got his name in the Selkie uh, conversation the last two seasons, so, um, and then of course the newest one, which I think all three of us hate this deal, because it's so good for the Boston Bruins. Two Leafs fans, a Habs fans. Uh, Charlie McAvoy signs a three-year deal, four point nine million dollars. Um, That's their window. Yeah, I've I've said to you two already, um, off off uh, off mic, that the reason I hate this so much is this makes it so much easier for the Bruins to try and re-sign Tori Krug at the end of the year. And yes,
1: yes, it does.
0: And and I mean, it's just <laughs> it's not fair that another great deal for the Bruins like they need another one. So, thoughts you guys on these three big RFA defensemen their deals? Anyone specific you want to say about or
1: I I think they're p- steals pretty much all three of them. Like especially the Provorov one, like mm-hmm. 6 years at 6 for what he is what his potential is is like that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Uh Wierenski and McAvoy are basically the same deal like they're off by a hundred, hundred grand But it's like oh like I wish like it could be like that in Toronto but yeah. you can't get everything
2: I know, I got like a different take on that like I said again with McAvoy you know that's that's Boston's window you know he'll give that loyalty see what happens in 3 years with Bergeron with Krejci with Marchand and with Wereski what I kind of felt was He takes the three years, not the long term right now, because really, you know, he could cash it out if he wants to in three years. And, you know, I don't want to be the cynic, but what is Columbus? I don't think Columbus is doing anything in three years. It's just, I think Rowinski's just, he's just going to show off his talent and he's going to go for the big deal.
1: But with McAvoy, don't you think he's already, he's proven himself? He's that, he's 21. If you look at the rest of their decor, he's the youngest one. Mm-hmm. Is he not what you build around for that defensive core? When if let's say Tori Krug doesn't come back, or is it when Zdeno Char is gone, like that's that's who you build around. Well, that that's a defensive core. That's a defensive piece that you build a core around. See
0: the way I think of it with with McAvoy is like Daniel was saying their window is closing. Char is getting right. older. Patrice Bergeron has had some health problems and right. is of course getting older. Same with Brad Marchand. And if yeah,
2: Tukarask is 32
0: Exactly So the way this works Three years Who knows what the Bruins are going to look like And as you say He's going to be that big player And because he took a bridge The thing we're, we're not bringing up here Is every time there's a bridge Those players get paid at the end of it So can you imagine He's their one big piece A young right-handed defenseman right. At the end of a bridge deal that he's gonna get paid at the end.
1: That's of the what day. I'm saying. They should have they, uh, what they should have done is looked at a longer term contract because he's the guy you pay.
0: But then the uh, the uh, but then wouldn't the AAV then get higher for them?
1: Yeah, the AAV would get higher, but it's not it's he's not gonna get paid like he would in three years. He can I don't think he can walk in there and say okay, uh, what am I gonna get paid at the end? Well, okay, with his trajectory, what does Charlie McAvoy get in three years?
0: In today's NHL, because yes. we have no clue what the I, yes yes he could probably get, get the the Jared Spurgeon deal. Seven oh, he can get more than years. Oh, come on, he can <laughs> get
1: more than the Jared Spurgeon deal at, do, in three years.
0: Do we want to quickly bring up Jared Spurgeon then, before we continue with the RFA talk?
1: No, no, but wait, I but because I think if you sign him to a longer term deal, I think sure the AAV goes up, but. It's not going to be that same AAV when you when in three years.
0: I think it's a big thing of of Boston kicking the can down the road, or putting a band-aid on a leaky thing, on a leaky pipe. I think they're just trying to save. You could argue they're trying to save the money now for right. whatever how long their window is, and at the same time, it seems to be there's there's this thing in Boston where like the culture there is so special that. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe this contract at first was a bit more, and McAvoy took a little less. Um, Tori Krug talked about their culture on Thirty One Thoughts once. Of course, Daniel Charles, Bergeron, all those yeah. guys and their presence speak for themselves, right? So I agree with you, Alex. But I, I, just think I think that McAvoy himself maybe changed this deal down, and maybe his agent also at the same time thought like, "Hey, Charles, I can, can think, make I, a good. I could see
2: that too. Like, I think with Charlie, he wants to." He wants to be a Bruin. With Zach, like, I kind of feel...
0: Wait, Which is funny. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that the, McAvoy tweet? The, the tweet. Yeah. F the Bruins. <laughs> but, but then again, yeah, sorry. Go on, James. Oh, yeah. no.
2: And what I kind of felt is with Rewinski, it's more of, like, you know, not to bash Columbus again, but, you know, this is his three years to prove himself that he deserves the big deal. And I don't know if it's going to be with Columbus. But with Charlie, I think he's he's going to be a Bruin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. anything else
1: no I agree I agree with that I thought for McAvoy I thought that I no <clears throat> longer term deal because I think he's that piece you build around in Columbus you have Seth Jones I think Seth Jones is the pe- that piece you build around so you want I thought the rowenski bridge deal was fine especially because you know yes they improve his uh, defensive and skills
0: okay um quickly before we keep going with RFA talks because we talked about him a lot I want to bring up Jared Spurgeon now Jared Spurgeon He's a good defenseman right Last year he put up 43 points Like He's good for between 30-40 points As a defenseman which is, which is great uh, He's also a right handed guy right? But the problem is Right now How old is Jared Spurgeon
1: He is turning 30 in November
0: And the Wild have just turned around And they have given him a seven-year deal, <laughs> 7 year deal Making $7,500,075 Million dollars.
1: They just keep getting older. I, I, do, I, I understand the signing, but I don't.
0: Alex, can you tell the listeners the stat you gave me before the show, the show started?
1: Uh, he is the highest paid. Uh, he has the highest cap hit ever in Minnesota Wild history.
0: More than Parise. More than
1: More Suter. Than Suter. Yeah.
0: Who, by the way, still have, what, six, seven years they left on their They have quite
1: deals. a bit of time left <laughs> on their contracts. I
0: thought Paul Fenton got fired.
1: I don't know. We talked like, about that. I okay, I understand he's a right he's a defenseman and he's right-handed, which makes te- which really makes him more valuable, right? I don't know why you pay him that money. Is he worth that money?
0: No. Very simple. No, he does not. I think Minnesota
2: just they just kind of feel that you know, all all of this commitment they' have given to these contracts you know you gotta you know try for something right? I but' the n- guys
1: there's no one there the thing is they they he's gonna be 31 or he's gonna be turning 31 in November when the contract kicks in
0: oh because it's it's an extension because so an, it's an there. extension Ooh. this
1: contract's gonna end in his 38 when he's gonna the season he's going to be 38. Now, you never know. By the time he's 38, and this is the last year of his contract, that seven and a half could be absolutely nothing. I don't know what the cap hit's going to be.
0: It's going to turn into a dead dead cap space, though. It's going to be an
1: LTIR contract that the Leafs somehow get.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, I want to play a game, guys. Um, Oh, I love games. So, I want you to tell me who will be at the end of their contract first. Zach Parise and Ryan Souter or Jared Spurgeon?
1: Uh is it uh, Daniel? Go first. Okay, Jared Spurgeon. I think by one
0: year. Yes. Yes. Is it- exactly. I should have let you answer, Daniel. I'm sorry, but yeah. uh the Parise and Suter contracts. There will be UFA's at the 2025-26 year, and of course, the season after that, Jared Spurgeon will be done. Uh, yeah, so uh, going back to RFAs uh, With Clayton Keller we talked about It's really funny Last week, Daniel, when you weren't here um, You could have been if you did do a <laughs> Masters of Journalism But we talked about how it was really funny How next year's RFAs were signing before this year And again we have that um, With Josh Morrissey Of the Winnipeg Jets Signs what I think we can all agree on Is a fantastical deal for them Anyone disagree there? No? no? no. Uh, the deal itself is a full eight years, if I'm right here. I believe so. Yes, at eight years, $50 million for an AAV of $6.250 million. Now, the reason I saved Morrissey for last is because Winnipeg are probably the most fascinating team right now. Kyle Connor has still not been signed. Neither is Patrick Liney. Sean Reynolds reporting that some teams were looking to offer shading Kyle Connor. So, Daniel, I want to ask you this. Does the Josh Morris, because again, it's a great contract, we can agree, whatever. Does this contract of Josh Morrissey, does this guarantee one of Kyle Connor or Patrick Line are going to get traded?
2: I think so. Like, the Jets, I don't, unless they could do something with their cap, I think one of them is gone. Can't keep
0: both. Which one do you keep?
2: You know, that's kind of interesting to like see what what is your need. Like, what what do you want from it? Like, do you bet on Patrick Line to, you know, bounce back? Do you expect Kyle Connor to kind of like carry
1: his own line? I, I, I see where he's coming from, but I think you keep Kyle Connor, and I'm, I may tell you why. Not because I don't think Patrick Line is, he's a, he's a goal scorer, right? But at the same time, right? That's obviously that's how you win games. You score goals. But there has been a lot. Like I think we talked about in a couple episodes ago that there's some tension between Patrick Laine and some of the uh, some of the players on the team specifically Blake Wheeler and uh, Mark and Shifley and Mark Shifley yeah. because something I don't remember the exact reason why but there's some tension in the room and unless the Winnipeg Jets unless G the GM and the coach both think that they can get they they can fix this tension that's in the room I get rid of Patrick Laine because it's going to cause, it's going to cause chaos in that room.
0: Now, of course, uh, Mark Seifley has one of the best contracts in the league. Five more years, 6.1. And um, a big anchor on the Jets team. Of course, the last few years, Blake Wheeler has reminded the league how good he is. But for five more seasons, he makes $8.2 million. And right now, he's 33. Um, and of course, there was an interview that Sportsnet did with uh, Blake Wheeler And they were asking him about this whole winning culture in Winnipeg And there was a quote, something along the lines of That he was so focused on winning, it affected him as a father It's that intense in Winnipeg And I, I think I brought this up again in, in a previous episode is, is It can't be easy for a young player to go into such an environment And again, if you look at, at Blake Wheeler's career he was part of that whole uh whole Atlanta mess there, right? And now he's finally in a situation where he can win. And and, and I get again, Mark is one of those guys that is completely hundred percent all in on the game of hockey, right? Does fantasy leagues and all that. So I, I I agree with you, Daniel, that yeah, one of them has to go. Um and again, I'll agree with you, Alex, that it I think it has to be Line A. I wouldn't. But just the way it seems to be going there, it's Wheeler and Shifley's team. And oh. it's it's a shame that it looks like the guy they're going to lose is Patrick Laine. Because if he bounces back, and I think he will, you're losing a guy who can get you 40 goals. Maybe even 50.
1: Now, what... Okay, so let's say we're trading Patrick Laine. Or, or what's more realistic, an offer sheet or a trade?
2: I think a trade at this point. Yeah.
1: Okay, what's that kind of like we don't have to be specific on t- what player. What is a package you get for Patrick Laine? Max Domi one for one. <laughs> okay.
0: I don't know. It's it's if I'm the Jets, I What want do you look for? A defenseman. If okay. If you're the Jets specifically because of the losses that you've had in your back end.
1: So you're not looking for a package of picks and players.
0: No, cuz they're in win now.
1: Are they yeah.
0: With the Blake okay. Wheeler contract, you're in one now. Union. Dustin okay. Bufflin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want a defenseman. Okay. And I want it now. You want now. I don't know who you go to. I don't
1: know. Oh like, you go to, uh, you America go America? to the Carolina. I mean, you know what? This is the <sighs> Oh, I think I know where you're gonna go. Against. I I I I'm gonna be crazy saying this, but my first go to team would be the Carolina Hurricanes, but I know they're not gonna pay Patrick Liner.
0: Do you know the rumor, Daniel, of where it looks like Justin Falk might be heading? Oh, yes, the Ducks. The Ducks, yes. So, um, could you imagine, somehow, if... Because I know, of course, Justin Falk has a no-trade list. I don't know if Winnipeg's on there or not, but... A situation where it's... After losing... After trading away Jeff Skinner in a very disappointing trade, the Her- the, the Hurricanes somehow go out. They get Patrick Line a great offensive defenseman goes the other way to Winnipeg with Justin Falk. I, I know we're just we're spitballing stuff here but Daniel, I would really like that.
1: That'd be really crazy. We're, yeah.
0: that's our thing. It we're, would be
1: it would be crazy. We
0: started our own, own own theory here. Spread the word, it's going to be line A for Falk. Okay. And a second.
1: It's going Winnipeg. to be that that's almost impossible because Carolina is over the cap. What? Yeah.
0: Are they? Hold on a minute.
1: Go check. And they don't, it's not like they're putting anyone on uh, LTI. What
0: happened? What did I miss? I uh, thought they had like 12 mil. What did, oh my. Well, oh, they, Sebastian Aho. I forgot. Sebastian
1: Ajo, they bought out Patrick Marlowe, which is the full 6.25 million. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And I, then they signed Jake Gardner. Just when their defense wasn't good enough.
0: By the way, I love how Sebastian Ajo <clears> makes less than $8.5 million. Thank you, Mark Bershavan. Um,. <laughs> Wow, okay, never mind then. Um, well, I don't know, because I think they could get it done. Because apparently Patrick Lani wants a bridge. So it would have to be around <coughs> 4.8. I don't yeah, know, you probably... you're not,
1: that's not happening.
0: Well, think about this right now. Get rid of Eric Howla. That's another 2.7, and you could probably get it done. <clears throat> Can him then get go Patrick Liney? I don't know. Um,
1: they'd have to do some work. There's some things they'd have to do.
0: Um, do we really want to talk about Jesse Puglio RV and uh, Kevin Fiala, or no?
1: We could talk about Kevin Fiala.
0: Um, so the Minnesota Wild they did something else. Uh, signed RFA Kevin Fiala to a two-year deal. I believe it was three million dollars AAV. Um, I'm still
2: thinking about that trade for Michael Grenland Oh yeah. I'm still thinking about that one.
0: Daniel, did you listen to our our uh, our episode when we talked about the whole um, Paul Fenton saga? I,
2: that was pretty entertaining. Okay. I like that so, one.
0: So, again, yeah, the whole thing of of just picturing David Poyle stringing along Paul Fenton for that trade. I remember when it happened. I was blown away. I'm a huge fan of Marcus Granlund, too. Sorry, Mikael Granlund. Like, his two-way game is unbelievable. And, and, and Kevin Fiala hasn't really had that superstar year that Paul
1: Fenton seemed to think he had. But um no, Marcus Granlund's good too.
0: I mean it, it's it's
1: nothing. No, Marcus Granlund Marcus Marcus is, is, is Marcus the one Ed, Edmonton.
0: Who's the one that's in Calgary then? The good Granlund no
1: Backlund. Backlund? No, Backland. Backland? Oh.
2: Backland? Was it, no, Grenland's on Vancouver, isn't he? No, he Marcus. signed in Edmonton. He signed in Edmonton.
0: Yeah. Oh okay. Um so I think that's every okay, so I was gonna say that's everything on the RFA front, but we're not quite so Brayden Point
1: Oh God!
0: Has not been signed yet. God. I
1: that was the best tweet I've seen. Oh! I thought all this was
0: gonna get done really quickly. Um, I'm I was wrong. <clears throat> Apparently, they're very far apart, and they're looking at a bridge. Um, and oh can, boy, I, read, can I read it out? I hope. Can I read the tweet? tweet? Yeah, can I read ahead, the tweet out? Ahead.
1: This is from Pierre Lebron. Now let's see how the Mariner contract impacts other negotiations. It's believed Tampa's last offer to Braden Point was around three years and five point seven million AAV. Both sides are far apart.
2: Yeah. I the loyalty thing again.
1: Well, my guess is is uh Juli- Julian Julian right? GM? Yes is going in there and saying, okay, look at, um, look at Stamkos, look at Kucherov, look what they did, or especially Kucherov, who took the, what, three-year bridge deal? Yes. Four and a half. Saying, you know what, why don't you take the 5.7 bridge deal? The cap will go up, and th- by the time that deal is up, uh, we'll deal with our cap problems, because, you know, Andrei Vasilevsky is somehow still going to make nine and a half next year, mm-hmm. and we will re- revisit this in two years.
0: The problem they have is, especially because of the Andre Vasilevsky contract not kicking until next year, they just with of how their cap situation is going to change. It just they can't do it. And no, the, no one's sitting there by the way and saying, "Oh, poor no, yeah, Tampa. N- yeah,
1: no. Well, no, no one no. feels bad for them." They put them honestly. I this is, I think, another thing is that what they've done is is good, right? They've built. They've built their team from draft picks.
0: Model organization over the past decade. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the, and this is, I saw a tweet, and I know I'm i bringing this back to the Leafs, and I know I really shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyways, is that people were saying, oh, look at all these big contracts that the Leafs have signed. But the Leafs, what the Leafs and Tampa Bay have in common is that they've built their teams from what? They've built their teams through draft, through the draft. Mm-hmm. Oh Yes, they've acquired players through trade, like Ryan McDonough, Jake Muzzin. They've brought in players.
0: Well, hold on, hold on. You're so, are you comparing? No, well? no, I'm yeah. I'm saying okay, light. Like, yes. I'm not comparing. Of course, that. Tampa McDonough, Muzzin for Toronto. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's
1: what Sorry, that's what I'm saying. And they've brought in players through free agency. John but, T, of course. John, yeah. May have heard but, of him. F- What? May have heard of him. Yeah, kind of.
0: Congratulations on being a dad, Tavares, yeah. by the way. Hope he what? grows up as a Habs fan. Sorry, I'll let you go. I just to but what
1: <laughs> but what both teams have done is built their team through the draft. And you know what? They're paying for it.
0: Yeah. You know, th- the big thing is you can never overpay your stars. Some people oh, like to say. Oh, I got another tweet after. And, um, I'll tell you after. Of course. But now with Tampa, it's just they came across a jewel in Braden Point. But they got him after they signed the Kucherovs and the Stammers. Yeah. And it's it's. It's incredible to think they drafted too well. I remember it was Andrew Berkshire did a tweet where the Habs had moved up and they took Brett Lernout ahead of him. Ahead of Braden Point. I was heartbroken to see that tweet. So, Daniel, I'm going to ask you something here. Because I like to think of, of Mitch Marner's... con. I, I wish I had brought this up, but I'm just remembering it. Yeah. Mitchell Marner has changed the league forever, I think. Because he has... Him and his agent have have between the two of them, created the RFA market. If not for them, most of these signings already happened because of not only the attention the Toronto media gets, but of course how public they made the negotiations. Do you think that without the martyr situation, probably Braden Point is signed and he takes a stupid good deal and we all get really mad and see how well Tampa Bay are doing?
2: I think so. I think he knows what he's worth. He saw... (laughs) the comparables are he's he's gonna he wants the big money Mm -hmm. but i'm like same thing we were talking about with the lightning you know they were really good with also signing you know these undrafted ufas and i'm checking right now on their cap their cap hit like these are actually really crazy contracts that like you know they may be steals based on production but this is really gonna hurt them like yanni gord has how
1: many years like six more years yeah and I think I brought. I was telling yeah. him, telling Adam the same thing. I'm like, one of these guys are gonna have to go. Tyler Johnson, five more years. Alex Colore, four more years.
0: It sounds like if if anyone, first of all, if you if you you guys are Tampa, who's the guy you trade to try and get Brayton right Point under contract?
1: Uh, Why well, I, I don't have the list in front of me right now, but there's there's a list of four. No, but there's a list of four players: okay. Yanni Gord, Alex Colore, Tyler Johnson, and then there's one more.
0: Andre Palat?
1: Andre Palat. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know what the problem is though. All of them have some type of no move or no trade clause. Uh,
0: yeah, no trade for Palat, uh, no trade for Gord Johnson. and Yeah, they
1: all they all have they, it. They, they put themselves in this situation, and realistically, who's going who's going to want to leave Tampa?
0: No, uh, who wants a, to
1: leave Tampa with?
0: Just a quick thing. I'm noticing Nikita Kucherov doesn't have a no move clause or anything uh, right now. Might, of course, uh, that's, that's hilarious.
1: Yeah, I don't think right now. Um, I think. That comes later in his contract. Uh,
0: anyway, though. sorry, Al. Come on, I just I needed so, to point that yeah. out. So <laughs> yeah,
1: who wants to leave Tampa with you know what? Living in what type of weather all year? Sunshine. S- yeah, like pretty good weather.
0: Great taxes.
1: Yes. Great taxes. Great team. Why would I want to leave this city?
0: But then you could also—that's a great point to then say the to point like, guy, you're golden here. Why not? So I, I don't know what. Where do you two see this whole negotiation ending up? Do you think they do a bridge? Do Tampa try and move out Alex Kalorin as an example <coughs> or any of those guys to get the deal done or I think they have to. They, like,
2: yeah. looking at the roster now, like Anthony Sorelli, Matthew Joseph, Mikhail Sergachev, you know, all of them need contracts next year. Oh,
1: Like, like it's gonna be a mess. Like so... this team's a mess. Sergachev's really, gonna
0: that. suck.
1: Like it's going to be very messy.
0: Oh yeah. But then again, it's a, Do we really care about the Tampa Bay Lightning having a bad... What is no. me! Let me play the tiniest
1: unicorn...
0: <sighs> sorry, the tiniest violin yeah, in the world. Yeah,
1: listen. When Ryan Callahan got traded, I'm like, this is unbelievable. They they literally gave up nothing. Sorry. Ottawa literally got Ryan Callahan in a pick for cap space.
0: Speaking of the Ottawa Senators... Thank you for the Oh, my God. There. So I, I still can't get over it. I thought the Sens were doing really well lately. Um, we had... I don't know if you, you heard this episode, but we, we did an Eastern um, Canadian team preview, Daniel. And I said, I, I think the Sens are doing a good job. They're doing the right thing. You hadn't heard anything terrible come out of the organization. And then, boom. Um, good old CBC reports that U.S. casino sues... Ottawa Senator Eugene Melnick for more than $900,000. They allege that Melnick gave five quote, dishonored bank drafts in one 2017 weekend.
1: Nothing can go right for this city. Uh,
0: Daniel, I feel so bad. Daniel, I have to ask you, um, are the Ottawa Senators ever going to get a break?
2: You know, same thing I kind of felt this whole summer, you know, it's just there's so many things outside of like hockey, these rosters, these these contracts we talk about. It's like they just they cannot catch a break, any with anything.
1: Yeah. It it starts with their stadium and it goes all the way back to their owner.
0: Do you know what they I cannot was, catch a break? You know what I was thinking when I first saw this. I'm like, we talked about Gary Bettman has done such a good job, and we don't have Harold Ballard going to jail or anything like that. So I was thinking. I wonder if if something like this coming out would ever would what would finally be the thing that uh, pushes the NHL to do something about Batman? Um, how now, about Melnick? I'm, Melnick, sorry. Again, this is less than a million dollars, which, in the grand scheme of things, right. isn't that much. But again, uh, it's <laughs> it's something. Like this so is a problem.
1: The, I I know it's a problem. I think I don't think um, Gary Batman likes to change owners very often because I think it's a little bit messy. And you saw it in the NBA, right? Like, look how far someone had to go to get them basically to force him to sell his team. Uh,
0: Yeah, a a huge PR nightmare for the league after a racist comment and every single other owner having to vote him out. Yeah. To force a billionaire to sell their team.
1: Right, so I think it's going to have to be something very big for Gary Bettman to step in and say, listen, I think it's time you sell the team. Because think? he doesn't want to sell the team, and he's and you he's know what a very the stubborn thing is, guy. pardon, very stubborn guy. yeah, and he makes all these promises, like oh yeah, like by twenty twenty two or whatever, we're <laughs> just gonna be spending to the cap. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, don't say that. Like, I can guarantee you. I said this as soon as Colin White s- signed that deal, Colin White is not going to be an Ottawa senator by the end of that deal. I could just feel it. I could feel it too. Like I could just feel it.
0: It was backloaded, wasn't it? Like the deal itself for signing bonuses.
2: But with and all these things coming out, like, you know, if I'm an Eric Brandstrom, for example, Oof. coming up, like, why would I stay with this franchise? Thomas
0: Thomas Shabbat's probably Thomas saying, Shabbat. oh, God, help me.
1: Um, and Thomas Shabbat is up next year. Yes, which is, uh,
0: even though I think those defensemen, the Provorov deal is really going to help Ottawa there. <laughs> but yeah. um, we've got a few more things to talk about. I want to save Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel for last year. Okay. Um, there was, there's Michael Stone to talk about. Yeah. Which Alex, I'm gonna let you scream about this because I saw you text me. You want to talk about Michael Stone? I was like, okay, listen. okay, but yeah, go go ahead. So
1: Michael Stone signed a deal, right? Signed a one-year, seven hundred thousand contract with the Calgary Flames. You saw that, I right, David? I'm. I thought it was okay. Listen, I'm not outraged. I just thought it was a little bit ridiculous because uh, who did he play for last year? Calgary. <laughs> Calgary Flames and who bought him out this summer? The Calgary Flames. Oh, so don't you think it's a little ridiculous?
0: See, who was it that the Capitals <laughs> traded to Colorado last year at the draft and the Grubauer deal? Then, Cl- then Colorado bought him out. And yeah, then Brooks Orpik.
1: Cap- was it Brooks Orpik? Yes. And yeah, then- I thought that was ridiculous too. Yeah, at
0: they, least. Uh, sorry, go on, no, dude. They just
2: they, he, they they knew the guys wanted to stay. They just you know. Smaller cap
0: hit. At, at least the Capitals had the pride to send him to Colorado. Colorado bought him out, and then they signed him. I it's 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 a bit crazy, isn't it?
1: Okay, so this is the tweet I put out. I did the math. So v- Flames buy out Michael Stone for a cost of one point one six 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 seven for the next two years, and then go and sign him to a seven hundred thousand one year contract. So Stone would have a cap hit of three point five million this year. The Flames save one, just over 1.6 in cap space.
0: They got it. They got to cut the corners of Lucic now.
1: Yeah, th- but that's like, I, how is this allowed? Like, I feel like that's a little bit ridiculous.
2: I think they, they played on his loyalty. It's like he wanted to stay.
1: Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is how, why is it allowed uh, that a player can be bought out by the same team and then sign a contract with that same team with no penalty? And I understand why he was resigned. Like Michael Stone was originally not coming, going back to the Flames. You the, as soon as Usual Valimaki got injured, he, they needed another defenseman. I just think it's ridiculous that that uh, that they could they, that this is allowed. And Adam told me that I was, I was like, oh, the Leafs do it all the time.
0: No, my my that was, was your argument. That I was think your it's argument. very funny that a Leafs fan who considering. What the Leafs have done with the cap, now, of course, it's... But using LTIR? No, 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 hold on, let me finish, let me finish. I said it was funny to see a Leafs fan point yeah. out something about the cap. Right. Considering they have the guy who wrote the cap on staff and have manipulated it, of course, in the rules, which is fair. I just thought it was a bit rich. What do you
1: mean, manip- what do you mean manipulate? Having people players on LTIR? I don't even know how LTIR works.
0: Daniel, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> when I bring up the name Stefan Roby dot here, what do you think? The island. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Sto- wait, wait, wait. Look wait, at me
0: wait, wait, and wait. and look me in yeah, the eyes yeah. and tell me that dot Island was not <laughs> the sketch You're talking thing about
1: LTIR. Right? You're he talking disappeared. About, You're talking about LTIR, right? Was the player it, it, Listen, if the Leafs came out and said uh Stefan Robida was never injured, we just threw him on LTR. Then yes, I have a major problem with that. I have a huge concern. That is CAP circumvention. When Joffrey Lupel came out and said, Oh, I'm not injured, and he just made up some some lie, and then the doc a second doctor from the league, a second doctor said, No, you're you're not fit to play. So he was obviously injured. Okay. Um- what I'm saying is that that how is that Dan- anything? How is that comparable? So
0: Michael Stone makes okay. So for your calculation, how much should if you add on his signing thing and what they bought him out for? What should his cap hit be? Let me just ask you that.
1: He should. There should be a penalty.
0: Okay, wait. Hold on. Hold on. A penalty so, for. So it's a seven hundred thousand dollar deal, right wasn't now? It? Yes. Okay. So, um, Daniel, I want to ask you something. Oh my God. Um, you can't say anything about this, Alex. Okay. Daniel, can you tell me what the projected cap hit of the Toronto Maple Leafs is this year? Oh, I'm
1: not really sure. I
2: know. 90, I know they're they're pretty it's they're 94. pretty over. Ninety
0: four million eight hundred sixty five thousand right. right. one hundred ninety nine. Okay, so, now go to their cap. No, 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 no. no. Wait, that's let without me, the LTIR. Go to the go let, to the page. Go, to the, page. go so to the cap friendly page. Go to cap friendly page. this is what i No, no. If you let me finish, I can explain to you why I'm saying it like this. So they have on ltir or once everything the start of the season because it's a bit of a mess is of course uh it's just over 10 million dollars between nathan horton so right right now with durman and and um Hyman on it's 13.6 million dollars yeah. so the point i'm saying here and daniel i want to ask you about this quickly just so we can get a, an outside point of view here by the way listeners when we first thought of this podcast, Daniel was going to be the uh, the middleman here. He was going to be the voice of reason. So, I think they, um, that Alex is being a bit silly about getting mad over this guy making 700 game when the Toronto Maple Leafs, fairly, are, are going to have a cap in of nearly 100 million dollars. Am I wrong, Daniel?
2: It, it, is, it is pretty crazy. Um... I don't know. It just—it's just it's, there's, there's so many technicalities, right? You know, the Michael Stone the buyout. It just—it is—it it came out of like
0: who? Which team has the second highest projected cap hit? The Carolina Hurricanes. That's, yeah, and that's guess crazy. what? Leaf they bought out.
1: Patrick Marleau. <laughs>
0: they exactly.
1: Listen, I, I'm not uh, okay. I'm arguing that a player being bought out. And by the by the te- by their team, and then resigning with that team, that exact same team seems a little bit ridiculous. How does that not seem ridiculous? I oh we didn't want that player at that cap hit, but we're gonna take the one the the buyout penalty, and then we're gonna resign him.
0: According to the cap, they can.
1: I yeah that's Sorry, fine. The CBA right, and I'm just saying that seems a little bit ridiculous.
0: I think it's fair game. I think if the cap says you can do it, then the cap can. Do it. I think we should move on. Okay. Do you have anything to say on this, Daniel?
2: I think the Leafs are going to be fine.
0: <laughs> Way to make it about them. Do you do you regret
2: not doing the pod full time? Oh, you know this is pretty fun. Uh, but you know I'll definitely drop in a lot more.
0: Okay. All right. Um, there's two more things I want to talk about. First of all, uh, Bruce Cassidy, uh, head coach of the Boston Bruins, uh, a multi-year deal. Uh. Sorry, a multi-year extension. I'm just trying to get the exact numbers up. I couldn't find an article with it. So while I'm getting the exact details up, okay, uh, you guys can just I
1: Can I just bring something up about Marner? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with cap cap stuff. Or it kind of does. But it says here. Where is it? Okay, so this is key. This is what the, the tweet says. It shows uh, their depth. It talks about Leafs' depth. Versus other teams' depth, so it says Riley Anderson and Muzzin make a combined fourteen million, whereas N- James Neal, Miko Koskinen, and Chris Russell make fourteen point two five. So yes, I'm okay with overpaying stars. I'm not okay with overpaying depth. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay.
0: James Neal's
1: never gonna get eighty one points again. No. <laughs> um. And look, it's screwing the Tampa Bay Lightning right now.
0: All right. um, Let's just... um, So the exact salary of Bruce Cassidy's, it's on CapFernley, I haven't found it yet, but again, a three-year extension. After taking them to uh, the cup final, uh, I think that was, what, his third year after they fired Claude Julien. um, I I think good for Bruce Cassidy. A great move by the
1: Bruins, too. Yeah. Daniel? It's been...
2: yeah, again, sorry, you sorry. know, going with the three years with McAvoy and then now this, you know, they're, they're dialed in. They want to they wanna keep everybody, they want to keep the, the band together.
0: Uh, I just want to bring up one really important thing here before we talk about Phil Kessel. Um, do you guys know what happened? Something 20 years in the making happened today or they broadcasted this. Ash Ketchum oh is finally oh a Pokemon League champion. Now, you're probably listening. Adam, why are you bringing a Pokemon on a hockey podcast? Steve Dangle does it all the time, so I damn well can too. I just want to bring up, growing up, all of us watched Pokemon. Yes.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: A- yes. If you're listening, you probably did too, or you were a parent. It The, the phenomenon of Pokemon, I just want to bring up, growing <laughs> up and watching. When I was a kid, Ash losing every goddamn year, and he's finally done Congratulations to Ash This is what he told and me. And Pokemon is tweeted out thing. saying, anything is possible when you believe in yourself, and it's just it's 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 from the original anime. Started in 1999, and here he is. He has been Ash Ketchum has been trying to win the Pokemon League since before I was born. Um, okay. <laughs> this was the first thing he told me. Also, I want to point out that um, of course the Habs have their scrimmage today, and there are more people at that game than uh, probably at a playoff game in Florida. Panthers, I mean. Um, wow. Also, shout out to Carey Price. Apparently, in a three-hour practice, he was scored on twice. He's dialed in, and that's bad news for the rest of the league. I had to get him in here somehow because uh, nothing really happened at the Habs golf tournament. It was kind of disappointing. Anyway. Um, was
1: Mark Bergerman still ripped? Oh, off? he's so
0: ripped. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he's just huge. It's just it, you, you feel like every time he does a trade, he gets, m- bigger. He gets bigger. So I, I'm sure he wanted to make a bigger <gasps> trade because his, oh. his guns would have been the size of bowling balls. Oh. Uh, anyway, um, of course, Phil Kessel is now an Arizona Coyote. Uh, that happened a few weeks ago. Months ago, sorry. Um, But since then, Rob Barossi, who is a Pittsburgh reporter, you guys may remember him from that video (coughs) he did during the playoffs a couple years ago, saying that the Capitals intentionally took out Sidney Crosby. Sorry, intentionally gave him a concussion. Um, He went to Moscow and spent some time with Evgeny Malkin. And I just want to read you guys a part of the article. I won't, of course, read all of it. Um, Everyone should, of course. We love talking about this, Alex. Um... Subscribe to The Athletic. It's nice to see a piece of sports media that is growing, especially with all the cutbacks in places like and TSN. Uh, please don't fire Steve Dangle. Uh, but anyway, let me just read you this. Um, while So apparently there was, in this article, he talks about Rob Rossi, that um, a few players have some problems with Mike Sullivan in the system, of course. If Kenny Malkin did not have a good year by his standards last year. Only 70 points. Only 70 only points. 70 didn't points. hit 40 only, only, You know, whatever. Um, so let me just read you guys some of this. Uh, While Malkin's fights with Sullivan typically took place in private, his problems with Phil Kessel were much harder to hide. Each is proud to the point of being stubborn. They are fussy about their equipment and were agitated by problems last season. Skates and gloves for Malkin, sticks for Kessel. They have some of their best shots in the history of the, of the NHL, And when the stakes are highest, Malkin and Kessel are at their best, a trait among some great players who transform into icons. Their friendship is real, Malkin says. But by the end of last season, everybody from ownership to management uh, to coaches believed Phil Kessel had to go from Malkin to stay. Um, Malkin didn't say anything to Rob Rossi about this. Now, the way it was reported was Malkin said directly, if you don't, get this guy out, then I'm leaving, but from this it's a bit different. So Daniel, I wanna ask you first, my friend. What are your thoughts on this whole another chapter to the Phil Kessel story?
2: I know this is an ongoing thing, like you know, we all love Phil.
0: Everyone loves Phil. Hot dogs
2: in the Stanley Cup. You know, this was bound to happen, you know a lot of a lot of the sources, they were also not confirmed, but you know, a lot of Sports writers have been talking about it, you know, Kessel was just not, he was a complacent guy.
0: He's taxing, is the word about Phil Kessel that's thrown around a lot.
2: I don't know if you guys heard about, like, the whole thing about he loves the casino. No, No. explain. Oh, apparently, uh, you know, this was not confirmed, but apparently something that a lot of players kind of confronted him about was that this guy loves going to the casino and he would bring the rookies with him. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. You know, not exactly the ideal team building
1: no
0: (laughs) I love Phil he's pretty well I I don't think you can blame a lot of the problems that they that they had the Penguins I mean last year on Phil um their their defense is a problem um the Islanders just threw him around like they were dog toys so um I it's interesting to see um Hopefully, Phil's good in Arizona. is a great time. But Alex, what are your thoughts on all this? On Malcolm, I Kessel thought it was on?
1: interesting. Like, I kind of want to know what, what was what was there? Like, what was the the problem? Because we always heard Phil Castle have problems with the media, because he doesn't like he just never in Toronto specifically. He just didn't like being like being, being taught. Like, it, yeah. yeah, he didn't want to be. He's not. Phil Kessel is a is a support piece Phil Kessel is not the guy you build around that thought Pittsburgh was perfect for him a right. star
0: not a superstar
1: right so I I want to know what happened between those two players to say like it's either me or him because something like that must be big
0: another thing is um I don't think we talk about enough how big a market Pittsburgh is because of course in the NHL it's always if you think of crazy markets, you think of Montreal and Toronto, right? So, But, of course, it's, it's such a big sports city. Of course, with the Steelers, who they got they got thrown around the other way, didn't they? Hopefully, they're doing a bit better today yeah. um, against the Seahawks. Doubt it, though. Um, but I, I don't think, when you really think about the media there, it probably wasn't the best place for Phil to go. Happily, he got his cups. He got his hot dogs. And now he's on his way to the Coyotes and Rick Tockett.
1: We'll see. I mean, like, I feel like Arizona. Like, if it goes the way that it's planned, Arizona can be a big market too. Yeah. Right. So it's like he's no matter where he goes, most NHL markets are quite big.
2: Does, does it does, he, does it elevate the offense though of the Coyotes?
1: Like, I think so. You think so?
0: Jeff Merrick always made a good point that um the Coyotes are a team that they they fight for every goal, and once in a while, you need an easy goal. And you know Phil Kessel gets you an easy goal, flick of the wrist, top corner, right? So.
1: You know what I worry about with Castle in Arizona is that he is their guy up front, and I get it, Clay and Ke- like Clay and Keller's there, and Clay and Keller's a very good player. Uh, who else do they have? Nick Schmaltz, <laughs> right? Like they have Nick Schmaltz, Derek like they have Derek Stepan, but like Derek Stepon's no Phil Kessel. Your closest guy is Clayton Keller.
2: Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Martin Havlat when he signed in Minnesota. You know,
0: that's a name right there. Whenever you hear Martin Havlat, like, oh no.
1: But no, yeah, I don't. It's not that I don't think Kessel will succeed in Arizona. It's I'm worried that it's just going to be Toronto all over again, especially between him and the media, where it's going to be a nightmare when they're losing because this is what happens in arizona they tend to lose and it's all going to be on him because why because he's the he's he's the guy he's the new guy he's the star star acquisition He's where the money's going most of it right the-
0: it's 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 Obviously, the face of that franchise has been Oliver ekman Larson, but when you bring in a, a, a multiple Cup champion, yeah. a guy who at, at, for a time was the face of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's all going to go on him. Again, Arizona is not, when it comes to NHL, the biggest market. So it, it it's funny. The better he is, and the better that team will be, the more attention it's going to grow. So, but but you know, of course, I think I think he'll do fine. Um, until the playoffs. I mean, no one really cares in Arizona, right? So
1: well, they have to make the playoffs.
0: Which, hey, they're in the Pacific, but then again, the Central
1: might be. I, we talked about this. Yeah.
0: Daniel, I want to ask you a question. Do you think Winnipeg... I'm, I'm, I'm going completely no, okay. off the rails. Yeah, off the rails. Do you think that Winnipeg are going to make the playoffs next year?
2: Yes. Yes? But I don't think they're going to contend, like, the way they expect themselves
0: to. Okay. We... Me and Alex already have our... We had our laughably early playoff prediction, so I want to get yours quickly, Daniel. Okay. Who's making it in the Atlantic? First three.
2: Ooh. Yes, Tampa. Mm hmm. Toronto. Yeah. Boston. Okay, fair enough. Buffalo, maybe not yet.
0: Not yet? Get a goalie. Metro. Three. Yes. Gimme.
2: I don't know. I, I still gotta go for the Penguins.
0: Never count out Sidney Crowley.
2: Never count him out. I think Capitals. Mm hmm. Um and I don't know about the Islanders. I don't know.
0: I think they're gonna cave out.
2: You think so? Robin
0: Leonard was a mistake. Not bringing him back.
2: I don't know. Yeah, that that's another thing. You guys talked about that. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 was a huge mistake.
0: Third, who's your third Metro team then?
2: You know, I'm gonna go with the Rangers. Yeah. Oh. Yes.
0: Capo Caco, best name in hockey.
2: Yes. Artemi Panarin elevates that offense. Mm-hmm.
0: And Henrik Lundqvist isn't isn't done you yet. No, he's not done yet. Isn't he's... it just a quick thing on Lundqvist? Isn't it great that it, like he's through, first of all, <coughs> that he is that good looking a dude. Like Jeff Merrick and Elliot Fraven said, they were embarrassed to be men in the same room as Henrik Lundqvist. The guy is just up. Oh god. Well, and he's a great goalie too. Probably one of, probably the best goalie since Prime Wah in Brodeur. I think it's fair to say. And mm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that over Karen Price. I mean, Karen Price is the best since Lundqvist, but um, all right, give me your three central teams. Okay. Uh, so your your Colorados, your 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 Nashvilles, your Winnipeg's. Who's making it out of the central? Colorado. hmm
2: Nashville. hmm I guess. Winnipeg, yes. Mm-hmm. But, again, curbed expectations.
0: Okay. Pacific.
2: Ooh. Vegas. Okay. San Jose. Yeah. And. I don't. Uh, you know that that's gonna be a tough one. I might go
1: with the Ducks. What? Yeah. Over Calgary? Go,
2: over Calgary. I'm going to oh go off the rails God. with that and see the Ducks.
0: So, for people who don't know, Daniel is a big fan of the Mighty Ducks movement when he was a kid, so he always has a soft spot for them. <laughs> and, of course, Theo, Corey Perry, um, even though he's gone, and, and whole Ryan gets that back old team ju- uh, World Juniors team. I think they dra- They drafted well. Like... They,
1: they,
0: it's annoying how well the Ducks draft, especially their defense. Everyone talks about in the... Uh, in the O H, uh, sorry, in the C H L, how the Kelowna Rockets are a defenseman factory. The Ducks are that at the N H L. Yes. It is so annoying. I can't forget John Gibson, you know. Of course, no. Top we goalie. we argued and Alex and of this John Gibson is easily a top five goalie in
1: this league. I mean, the N H L Network would disagree. We don't
0: need to talk about them because yeah. Carey Price is not the fourth best goalie; he's the first. Anyway, like um, going back
1: on the Ducks, like yeah, Corey Perry, you know, I
2: love him, but you know, he had to go.
0: That was the right move.
2: Yes. But they—it's not like they have no one to replace them. Like Troy Terry is still there. Maxime Comtois, Sam Steele. I think he's gonna make a big push. Great name too. Yes.
0: Even though it kind of sounds like a porn star's name. Oh. Then let me David. just just because I want the audience to know about you, Alex. Um, I, I just want your 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 Daniel. opinion. Da- oh God, <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sorry. Yes, that's Daniel. <laughs> I I want them to know your current your thoughts on the state of the game and just what's going on. So let me just let me just ask you rapid fire little things here. Who's okay. better, Crosby or McDavid? McDavid. Okay, best goalie in the league.
2: marc Andre Fleury.
0: Get out. <laughs> Seriously? Are you, <laughs> yes. Are you, are you are saying Marc-Andre Fleur? <laughs> yes. After no, last no, no. year.
1: No, he's joking. He's just joking. I'm so,
0: okay, I need I you to see I can tell. Him.
1: I can tell. He's just joking.
0: He's you just will joking. not be invited back on the show <laughs> if you do not give me an honest answer. I
2: don't know. You know, like, I'll say Carey Price. Okay. Good based answer. on, like... Experience, but I think like who could really break out with John Gibson again.
0: Okay, Mark Andre Fleury guy, come on.
2: You know it's the, the real junior nostalgia.
0: All right, um, what do you do? you think Patrick Laine is gonna gonna bounce back next year?
2: He, he's motivated. Mm-hmm. He will, but you know, you really can't have that slump again okay. if he wants to get paid.
0: Will the Minnesota Wild ever be relevant again?
2: I think. They're gonna be on the cusp. They might make a run to the playoffs. Like not to the, playoff, wait, wait, not wait. To the playoffs. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Of course they're gonna be. Re- they're gonna be relevant. They signed the stupidest contract ever.
0: <laughs> they're so. Oh, God. Of course. They're- this
2: reminds me of the Rangers. Remember when they used to just keep signing everybody on the free agency, like Chris Jury.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alex, do you have any questions for Daniel? Let's turn this last segment into interviewing Daniel. Okay.
1: Because uh, you're a Leafs fan, I have to ask. Ugh. How will the Leafs do next year? How far do they get?
2: I'm an optimist, so conference finals. Okay.
1: Do they beat the Bruins finally?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: you went, you got to you learn your lesson
2: the third time, if, right?
0: If,
1: well, third time's a charm, right? If, so,
0: If the Leafs lose in the first round again, is Babcock gone? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I
1: think he's gone. Yes, I agree with him.
0: So and then you 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 said you think they're gonna to go to the conference finals. <laughs> conference finals at least. So that's how I would least. say at if least. it's oh, not boy. the conference finals, you are disappointed in the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Okay.
2: Because like again, top-heavy offense that's gonna be sustained for the next few years. But it's just still I'm just still thinking about their defense. You know, I love Tyson Berry, but you know he wants to get paid. Jake Muzzin is he gonna take the
1: hometown discount?
0: If there's if either of those guys are going to stay, I think it' would be Muzzin. but I think the least would prefer Barry. Um,
1: I would prefer Barry.
0: If he's healthy, I, I would as well, Alex. Does Austin Matthews break 50 goals? Yes. Yes. I would agree with you actually. Um, what else? How many points does Morgan Riley get this year?
2: At least 50.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got a good question. I got. A good question. <laughs> it just came to me. How many points? Will it take McDavid to score? Well, how many points does Connor McDavid need for the Edmonton Oilers to actually make the playoffs? Two hundred. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like they're on their way. They have oh. you know their defense, the defensive prospects.
1: Yes, I I Pretty good. I think th- we talked about it yeah. a couple episodes ago. Of I course, said
0: Philip Roberg and yeah. um, Evan Bouchard.
2: Evan Bouchard. James Neal's a faster body beside McDavid. Listen. It's if James Neal
1: is. can even get to fifty percent of what he was, it'd be a, it'd be a win. That trade would be a win. But that team is just um, like they don't have wingers.
0: Which is as Steve Dangle likes to yell the the most plentiful resource yeah. in the National Hockey.
1: I think uh, last episode I was telling Adam that the the uh, Buffalo Sabers should call up Edmonton and say, listen. What do you want for uh, we'll give you Rasmus line in plus for Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Ryan Nugent Hopkins Not what, is
0: interesting to me.
1: I don't know what's solid two guy, but he never you know what, one you, you one know what that does? To, I mean. That forces that forces the Edmonton Oilers to play Leon Dreisaitl on his own line.
2: Because, reminds me of the Datsuk Zetterberg thing, you know, you don't put them together. That's I'd
1: like. Well, apparently we have to. Leon Draisaitl wants to play with Connor McDavid, so he must play with Connor McDavid.
2: It just I, I don't know. The way Edmonton is, just do they? They don't have that depth.
1: No, they don't.
2: They, like they need to spread them out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You you talked about their Ryan Uchih Hopkins never became what he was supposed to be, right? But like last year, solid two
2: way guy. I think
0: he's he was saying um on thirty one thoughts that he's worked a lot on that two way game and. He was working on his life. He, of course, he had um, a career last year, 28 goals. But um, what? W- how good is Ryan Nugent Hopkins to you? If he's on, let's say, on a competent Oilers team, mm-hmm. what is Ryan Nugent Hopkins his as ceiling? a player? Yes.
2: I think if, you know, keeps working at it, Oilers improve. You know, I think he could arguably be like a, a Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah?
0: Yes. That's oh. high praise. That's it high is. praise cuz like O'Reilly,
2: you know, we already knew how good he was going to be. Mm-hmm. But you know, he just needed the team around him. He in was
0: group. in on um, Buffalo forever. Yeah,
2: and then on Colorado, he was <laughs> he was always the third line
1: center cuz they had and Duchesne. Is I it funny
0: forgotten. that Whenever a centerman leaves Colorado,
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> too great, except Matthew Shee. He, he did okay in okay Ottawa.
0: Okay. Well, he had the he had a really good year last year, and then of course it, it was it good, took, not
1: great
2: in Columbus. It
0: yeah. yeah, and it took everyone leaving for McKinnon to be all right. I made a debate that right now, okay. not overall, oh, but right now, okay. Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the the best player in the the best player in the NHL, because my argument was right now. Based on last year's playoffs, Crosby was completely shut down. McDavid hasn't been to the postseason in forever. And based on what he was able to do and his general skill, I, was, I made the argument that, again, right now, Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the National Hockey League. Ooh, that's, that's hard to. Thoughts. Adam kind of
2: Cage as well. Because, you know, they also, he also has that dominant line in Colorado.
0: He does. Oh, you know, what I forgot to talk about Miko Rantanen. Um, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about Miko Rantanen. So, well, let me ask you this, guys: What happens with those other RFAs? Oh,
1: Miko Rantanen will get resolved. That's yeah. something that gets resolved. You we think s- ten million? No.
2: What do you think?
0: I think he asks for eleven because you can argue that he had a better season if he was healthy. He would have broken the the martyr point thing, and as as well as, again. I think Colorado will see about look where you're playing with guy. But he'll say, "No, this is how good I am. I'm even." I think he's going to ask to do at least get ten, but I, I on think on what
1: on how on what term though? I, if, same I, term as Marner. I'd
0: go eight. Yeah, oh, no, I know. I know. I'd go eight if I was Ranton. Oh, then
1: you're asking for more than ten.
0: Because, oh. I think
1: you can make an argument that Marner and Ranton and are the same are of the same value. I think people can make will make that argument.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think it gets done, like you said. I think with Rufforenski, we saw the dominoes fall in those defensemen. Yeah, I think the same will happen with the forwards. Oh yeah,
1: give it a, a not even a week.
0: Um, to Chuck, what happens there?
1: He, it, it's gonna get resolved. I think they have they have, like, are they not also in cap trouble too? Like they don't have they have, how much in cap space?
0: Not enough to sign him and Manjapani, probably. If I I'm making a prediction that um that Kachuk gets eight for six, eight years they have eight. seven
1: million in projected caps. Oh
0: my, yeah, they're gonna need to trade someone. But
1: That's what I would say. So I'm like, okay, let's look. Who's a UFA next year?
0: Um, I believe T.J. Brody and, and Travis, Travis, Travis Hammond. You trade away one of them, which you can get some good assets for, but you're not a stronger team.
1: No, you're not.
0: Um, okay, I guess. Let's end the show. Wait,
1: wait. Saying. I I have something. I have a point to your McKinnon argument. Okay. How old is Nathan McKinnon?
0: Uh, I believe he is twenty-seven. Okay. I so he's a, he's no, in he's 20, his prime. Twenty-four, is Nathan he? Nathan McKinnon. Oh, Nathan old. McKinnon. Draft, yeah. He's a lot older than I think he is, isn't he? Nathan McKinnon. But he's
1: just starting his prime, correct?
0: Uh. Well, he is when twenty-four. You can,
1: okay. Yeah. So you'd consider him starting his prime? All right, that's a entering show. it.
0: Uh, I think they say normally it's 26, but yeah, he's...
1: Yeah. Well, there's... Yeah. Connor McDavid is 22 and has put up 200-point seasons on the Edmonton Oilers. That's pretty impressive. On the Edmonton Oilers.
0: Yes, but I don't give a crap about... No one talks about Marcel Dion. as oh, look at the like The best moments in this league's history have been in the postseason. And I admire the regular season, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. Tampa Bay is a perfect example. So,
1: right, but he literally has zero people around him. Zero. He has Leon Dreisaitl, that's one.
0: Reminds
1: me of early And Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So um, he has two people.
0: By the way, uh, he doesn't have 200-point seasons. He has three.
1: Oh, sorry. He has 300-point seasons. He
0: got more points every single he year. Yes,
1: 300-point seasons on the Edmonton Oilers. 100,
0: 108, 116, 240-goal seasons. Listen,
1: there. there is so much... That Connor McDavid could do when he has subpar players playing with him on forward, an okay defense, and god off like not very good goalie, like god awful goalie. Mm-hmm. So what is he? How many points does he have to score, or what does he have to do to prove that he's the best player in the NHL? Make the playoffs. Oh,
0: I guarantee I'll watch one more good highlight package of him and be like, all right, no, he's better. But I'm just saying at the moment.
1: Because of the playoffs, you're I, saying? I
0: want to create some conversation. Okay. Yes. So, um,
1: by the end of October, you'd say that Connor McDavid is the best player of the we'll, NHL. We'll That's see. That's what we're saying.
0: We'll see. Okay. Um, Daniel, obviously, uh, we like you. You're a good guy. Thank you. Um, you're doing your Masters. Um, are you doing any sort of extra writing stuff? Let me ask you that. Oh, yes. Um, go ahead and play. <laughs> I, want the, I want the listeners to support you here. So, go oh. link everything you need to. Your social media, whatever.
2: Oh, thank you. Um... So right now, just if you guys need to, just please remember to support the Eye Opener. A lot of that's a bit more of like lifestyle things, but don't worry, sports is coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to follow me on
1: Twitter, I'll put your uh the links in the description.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Alex will deal with that. That's a lot easier. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. But yeah, right now, um, just really just focusing on what I need to do for school, as Alex and Adam are doing, and. Really, just more sports will come up, you know. Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Hopefully the Leafs won. You no, know, maybe that'll come up. Maybe I'll write a Marner one. Yeah, I did the Nylander one. <laughs> that'll be a fun one. Yeah. So yeah, just hope I get to come back on the show. Thank you for having me. Okay.
0: So we're good. We're good. No one else needs something, anything to say. No. right? i good. Well, uh, thank you, Daniel, for taking time out your day to come talk to us. Uh, we really do appreciate it, and you're welcome on any time. Um, again check out everyone's social media will be in the description I'll put it in
1: the description
0: Alex's hard work um subscribe review we we're on we're on Spotify we're on iTunes we're We're on on
1: quite a few things
0: if you listen to podcasts on the device we're on it um leave us a review share uh yeah that's really it I think uh check out Daniel's work too um that's it
1: awesome thank you for having me yeah
0: no problem